When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. and welcome back to the Cop Eye Podcast. This is episode six. I'm Mick and I'm joined once again by Jay Pearson. How's it going, mate? And we've got a very, very special guest today. It's uh, Robbo from the Anfield Rap. Welcome, Robbo. How are you doing? All right, lads. Yeah, all good. <laughs> thanks for having that. Thanks for coming on, mate. Really appreciate it. No worries at all. Yeah, I know we just interrupted you making your tea like, but we'll crack on with it. <laughs> we'll, cr- we'll crack on with uh, Villa. Uh, it was a mad game, weren't it? Tw- 21, 21 minutes in. A one nil down from a from a, a set piece and uh, another uphill task on our hands after the previous two Premier League games where we've went went one nil down as well. Obviously Spurs and Man United. Um, what how was you th- feeling, Robbo, when that that first goal went in for Villa? Yeah, it was a, it was a little bit of a concern, I guess. I mean, you know, they, they fell asleep on it a little bit, didn't they? And I think I think the free kicks that sort of led to that. There was one straight after another. I think if I remember rightly and. It was a bit needless, and then it, you know it looked like they sort of switched off at the at the far post, and you're kind of kind of waiting for like VAR to kick in for there to be some issue with it because yeah. you, you know so used to seeing Liverpool defend well over the last sort of eighteen months or so that it, it was almost a little bit of a shock to the system that that they conceded a goal like that, which you know it looked a little bit soft. I thought um, Villa fans were actually, I mean, apart from them, you know, coming out with the usual shite that they say about scouts yeah, and all yeah. that kind of stuff when they're living in a bit of a shit over <laughs> themselves. Um I, I thought I thought these you know they really got behind their lads to be honest. It was a good it was a good atmosphere in there and you know the the blood was really up I, I thought with Villa like you know they tried hard, they worked hard and and they kept on going and you know they'd probably say, you know, rightly so to an extent that that they deserve something from the game. But I, I think what's so telling about about this Liverpool side we've got at the moment is that is literally that they, they never give up. I mean, Klopp keeps talking about the mentality, and you can see it. You know, I thought um, you know heads didn't really go down on the pitch. It, it, they maybe did a little bit in the stands. Everyone was a little, especially as time yeah. was ticking on, but they, but they never ever did on the pitch. And you know, we were we were in the in the lower tier, so we were quite close to to the action, and you could see that. You know, some of some of our players were tiring towards the end. You know, Trent was chugging a little bit, and and he was holding the back of his leg at one point as well. But then he just seemed to get this second win where he decided, you know, I'm having this, I'm influencing this, I'm going to help us win this, and and he and he did just that. And it's not just him; that that that's right through the side now, and right through the club as well. And I think, um, you know, once upon a time, not very long ago, I think if you go a goal down. You know, you're shitting yourself. Yeah, you're definitely. thinking, oh yeah, no, definitely. and you know it, it immediately turns negative. But because we've seen this Liverpool side do it over and over and over again, 
there's a mentality through the fans, through the club, through the team, the manager as well, where you just think, it doesn't really matter, we'll be all right, we'll win this anyway. And I thought, you've probably seen it yourselves, Milana spoke afterwards and he was saying, you know, they really start to, they're really starting to believe it now. It's not, it's not some kind of myth or just something to say and for the papers. No matter how late it is, they still believe they can win games. And I think that's the, the kind of mindset and the kind of the way of playing that we unfortunately witnessed from Manchester United side for so many exactly. years. And it, and it was so annoying. And so I just like to think about the other side of that coin currently. Like we are boiling piss <laughs> right across this nation because people are, people are looking at it and they're going, ah, Liverpool have cocked up. Oh, no, they haven't. <laughs> And I spoke to a City fan today for some stuff I was doing for the Amphora, and it was music to my ears because, you know, she was saying that in the ground at City, you know, they won and they won quite late. And she said, you know, there's a big let off, big release of tension that they'd managed to get that win. And they're looking at Liverpool's result and they're going, or what they thought was a result, and they're going, Liverpool have dropped points. And then, oh no, they haven't. And it sort of takes the wind out of the sails and spoils their weekend. And that's. That's exactly what you want to hear. And, uh, yeah, great time to yeah, be a Yeah, absolutely, Red. mate. Couldn't agree more there. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't at the match. I was stuck in a pub in Watford full of bloody Chelsea fans. <laughs> um, so that was just not an enjoyable thing, especially when we'd gone 1-0 down. And you, you, you're absolutely right. The, 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 the mentality we've got in this side at the minute is... It, it's just it's so nice to be around, isn't it? You know what I mean. Yeah, After the Roy Hodgson days. Yeah, exactly. And and you look yeah. at like the Jesus. what Guardiola came out and said like after I think it was after their game they when they won, saying about Mane, uh, he's a great player, but he's he's also a diver. And it's like, yeah, like he, he's also getting nice, influenced yeah. by it by yeah. it, isn't it? He's, it's obviously getting under his skin if he's if he's going to be that interested in what Liverpool are doing. After, immediately yeah, after, I, I was surprised by Guardiola. Yeah. I, I, I think, you know, he's an experienced manager who's, who's managed all these top clubs and he knows when he comes out with something like that that that's going to make the headlines yeah. and that's going to be all over the internet and all over TV, radio and everything else. And not only did he say it once, I mean, if he just said it once, you know, you could sort of say, oh, well, you know, you, you just caught him in a moment when they stuck a microphone in, in his face and yeah. his emotions were up. But he said it twice. He said it to the broadcast journalist and he said it to the print journalist. So he doubled down on it. And I know he's tried to sort of lessen the impact this week later on and say, oh no, what I actually meant was Mm. X. But Mm. I think think he cocked up there and I think he knows it as well because all that's done is fear the fire (laughs) us up. I mean, I'm a fired up anyway. You know, we've got a great record against them. We've got nothing to fear at Anfield against anyone. And then he's added that to the fire. And, you know, Marnie is the type of player as well who, if you pick at him, he'll react. And I like I think it's almost a guarantee a guarantee that he'll play well now on Sunday because he'll he'll have a point to prove. And I've been saying all weekend some of the other lads have as well. I'm, I just hope that he's really took it on board. And should he score a goal, I, I want him to recreate the Luis Suarez celebration in front no, of David Moyes. Just yeah. do that in front of Guardiola <laughs> because he, he he's messed up. He's an elite manager, and and all he's done is is handed a little bit more momentum to the opposition and. It's a mistake, but it, as you say, though, it's great in a way as well because you know we talk about being in each other's heads. Well, we're all there in our heads, we're in their heads, and, and it's going to be like that because there's so much. You know, there's only a cigarette paper between mm. us. It'll probably be like that all the way to the end of the season. But the fact he, you know, he's so obsessed by what Liverpool are doing and how they're winning games, 
it's it's a hundred percent getting to them. And I think if we win, go nine points clear on Sunday, that really ramps the pressure Definitely. up on them. And like they they've they've almost then got to be perfect, obviously, in every yeah. single game, and that will get to them. And again, the City fan I spoke to today. She said, "In the ground, you know, it, I, I've been thinking it about ourselves as well. That if we, you know, it's November, but it feels like April. It feels like there's ten yeah. games to go or less. You know, it, it's that kind of tension around the title race already, and they're feeling the same thing. So it's, it's you can cope with that best. But you know, right now it's Liverpool. Yeah, and like you said, Robo, um, it, it 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 makes Klopp's team talk a lot easier. Like the old the old cliche, yeah. like we'll just stick that." That report in, in the dressing room of what he said about Mane, and like you said, Mane's the type of guy who he reacts to stuff like that, and that'll yeah. that'll fire him up no end. Like even when you look at the Villa game in the first half, he was he was quite sluggish in terms of his passing, and um, obviously barring the the, the the assist for Firmino that was given incorrectly offside, <laughs> he, he wasn't at his best. But you could, you could you, 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 yeah. you, you, he's the type of player you can't write him off, and he, po- he pops up with an unbelievable assist for Robertson, 87th minute, and then he goes and scores the winner. So that in itself says the type of player he is, type of, type of mentality in these players we've got at the moment at top level. So Guardiola, like you said, Robo, he slipped up majorly doing something like that because it's, it's only going to fire this Liverpool team up no end. Yeah, and Manny's on a different level Absolutely. this year, isn't he? You know, he's he's arguably been our most important player, and you know, I, I can't wait to see him on Sunday. He's going to be, be electric. Anyway, in terms of the in the game, Robo, um, what what did you make about Lallana starting in place of Fabinho? I know there was a lot of a lot of chat beforehand. Was he going to was Fabinho going to start because he had four yellow cards? Was he not? I think it was pretty much split in terms of who. 50-50 in terms of who did and who didn't um, what did you make of it and how did you think Lallana did yeah it, it was a bit damned if you do and damned if you don't wasn't it and you know ultimately we won ultimately we got out of there with three points and you know Fabinho didn't play and, and that now means he can play on Sunday so you know huge bonus and obviously with hindsight you say okay the managers the managers got it right but I've got to say that you know I'm not going to lie, like when I was having a pint before the game and I'm in the, the Witten arms or whatever and we see the team news, I, yeah, yeah. I really Same. want to play. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, I thought, my argument on it beforehand was that, you know, if you look at his career, he's never been sent off and yet he's picked up loads of yellows and, you know, loads of the yellows that, I'm, you know, he knows what he's doing, the tactical fouls, which City obviously love as well. But, you know, sometimes you need to make them. And uh, he does them. He's he's good at it. He knows when to he knows when to sort of slow down the play and stop the play. And if that means sometimes taking a yellow, he does it. So I just thought he's he's so used to managing the situation around cards. You know, he hasn't been sent off, as I say. I thought you know maybe he can go and play at Villa Park and just not pick up one. But obviously the counter argument to that was you don't know what you're getting with these referees at the moment. They're absolutely yeah, yeah. wild. You know, they're drawing their own lines and whatever and in little huts somewhere in London or whatever, <laughs> and it's like, you know, so given that, you know, it was probably the sensible decision, but as you say, when you see that at Lallana, it was a bit like, mm, I don't know, yeah. I mean, Klopp had been hinting at that for a long, long time, that, you know, in, in training, and he, he played, he played in that role, and he'd been impressed with him, and he'd had a little bit of a go in the, in the League Cup, but obviously in a Premier League game, away to Villa, you know, it's a different story, yeah. really, but, I thought he did all right, though. I mean, he, he should, I thought he should have scored uh, when oh, he had yeah, that definitely. chance. But Jesus. I, I thought he did okay. Um, my only thing with him, really, was that I think what, after you watch him for being in that role and then you see Lallana yeah. in, the, in the thick of it, you just think, you know, he obviously hasn't got the physique. Yeah. And, like, you know, he, he, he was get, I thought he got bullied a little bit at times. And 
you know, he, he kept, a few times I thought he kept arriving at the scene of the crime a little bit late. It was like, you know, something was happening and there's Lallana yeah. running past and the ball's gone. And it was like, he was trying to get there, but I wasn't 100% convinced that, you know, he, he, he was he was getting his timings right and things like that. But, he, you know, he battled on and he did well and he, he takes decent care of the ball. Um, but I'm not sure I want to see him there too many times. I think, you know, Fabinho is obviously a class above. He's one of the best in, his, in the world in his position. And what I like about Fabinho is that I think he does a lot of the stuff that I've always liked about a defensive midfielder. So he does the, you know, the now stuff that I said before. You know, he knows when to win a foul. He knows when to take the sting out of the yeah, game. Definitely. You know, he's, he's massive and he's big, and he, he can just block people. He can win in the air. You know, he can he can he can win a foul, like I say, or he can, or he can foul them if yeah. need be. I think it's all, all that only builds up over a period of time but he's a player as well I mean you know he's not just he's not he's not just a wrecking ball he's not a Mascherano yeah. he's got more to he's got more to his game than that as we've seen you know he's put he puts Liverpool on the front foot he can pick a pass and I think as well you know just just playing when players play together over a period of time you see the understandings build up and that's when you get your best play and as soon as you take anyone out the equation if there's a fairly regular 11 which there has been I think you, you see it you see that things break down a little bit and that people aren't maybe on the same wavelengths and things like that at times. And I thought we saw a little bit of that on Saturday. But as I say, you know, Lalana jobbed well. I, I think I think I don't think you can name too much criticism at him. He did okay. Um certainly wouldn't, you know, be, be destroying him yeah. over it. Um and he's rounding about the squad and he's he's probably in his last season, I would say I as well. So you've got to sort of you got to sort of praise his, his commitment to keep going. I mean, we always talk about, you know, Milner being one of the fittest, fittest at the club and, you know, he's always doing well on the test pre-season and things like that. But, you know, by all accounts, Lallana's always up there as well. And it must be difficult for him. I mean, it's not that long ago that I he was like, golden boy. you know, well, it, but not only that, but it, it's not that long ago that he, he sort of fell off a cliff and disappeared a little bit and, like, he was trying to, like, come yeah, back true. and he was like, Scrapping with reserve team oh, players yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff, and you know, you just thought. I, I just always think about the sort of the, the mental journeys that players must be on, and he's had it rough. I think Lallana a little bit. Um, you know, the goal he gets at Old Trafford, I think, was his first goal for what two years or something mad like that. Um, and so that said, it already. So to be used in a different role, do a job, and come out of it, and Liverpool have got three points. Then fair yeah. play to him. Yeah, I think Lallana's the type of player because he's not all action and he's not. He's never been the quickest. He's never been the most powerful. Them yeah. type of players never get the recognition, do they? No. Like in terms of a midfield role, they're always a bit maligned because they're like, well, what what's their role? And people try and uh, put them in a, a certain role, thinking that they can play it. Like he's played on he played on the wing a couple of times for us, I think. He did when, yeah. when he was in. I think it's the fifteen yeah. sixteen season, and he's done quite well there. To be fair, he but was. I, th- I mean, like I said, at one point he was, you know, the main. St- he was arguably the first name on the team sheet <coughs> oh, yeah. uh, a few years back. So. Robbo's right, you know the, the the journey he's had. I mean, I remember the the Burnley game at Anfield last last season. You know, he cut he he starts that game, everyone's shocked, and then he, he puts in arguably a man of the match display. I mean, that yeah. sort of lunge in the air to block uh, the, the clearance yeah, yeah. that led to the Mane's goal was brilliant. And you know, I think Robbo's right. I think it is going to be his last season, but he won't have any you know sort of negativity from the Liverpool fans. It'll just be you know, thanks for your time, appreciate it, and he'll always be welcome back. Yeah, definitely. He does love a Croydon. He loves it. We will miss them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we'll we'll move on to the to, to Genk now. Um, 
thought it was like a, a workman like the victory uh, 2-1 obviously we rested Mane Robertson Firmino I think they all came on like last 5 yeah. minutes to 10 minutes um, I thought Ox played quite well carrying the ball from midfield you could tell obviously we were missing that those obviously Mane Robertson Firmino you take them out of any team in the world in world football there's going to be a noted difference yeah. in terms of the system and how we're, we're going to press the ball I think Ox was like in the Firmino position I think that's right yeah uh, for most of it um, obviously he's, he, he's, he's trying to feed him into that role but he done. He done okay. He grabbed the goal second see. half. It was a tough game, you know. All in all, it, it, it was a tough game. I mean, we, you know, there was we were we were getting close. We weren't creating as many chances as we probably would have liked because they they set themselves out really well, especially like you know they did in in the first game. Um, but I thought you know Klopp had managed the team really really well, and we got to see the Ox perform just the way he performed against Arsenal the week before. Um, and the, and I mean, the previous game game where he exactly was yeah. Well. So to see him back was 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 a really really good really good performance to see him it was nice to see from everybody yeah what what did you make of the game robo in terms of the the performance and the personnel who played yeah it was always going to be a little bit of a weird one for me because you know it, it is all about sunday and you know Klopp obviously you know in his his pre-match press conference like the first the first question he'd asked us about man city yeah. and it was like you know it was almost like you know that all the journalists everyone is talking about man city and this was this, this was, was just, just in, the, in the way, wasn't it? Law, yeah. show. And I, I sort of suspected that it might be a bit mad, you know, and even like the atmosphere in the ground was a bit flat yeah. and even when the goals went in, you know, the, the there wasn't huge celebrations either on the stand or, or in the stand or on the pitch. And, you know, it, it's hard, isn't it? You know, when there's games all the time, you know, midweek weekend, midweek weekend, and, and one is so important on the Sunday... And this was one that, you know, everyone expected Liverpool to win whatever yeah. side was out there. I think Genk were 40-1 to 1 to win the match. They've got an awful record in the Champions League. I think they're, they're mm. officially the worst oh, side in, in terms of playing. <laughs> like, I think it, it's 15 or 16 games they played without yeah, a victory. Wow. Um, and so it was just expected that Liverpool won it. And it was a bit of a shock that Liverpool, you know, conceded. But then ultimately, again, they get the job done. And it was just all about that for me. I mean, I've seen some people like really reading loads into it and talking about, you know, if you're so dominant and you've got so many chances and you don't put them away, is that an issue and all that kind of stuff? Not for me, because, you know, just the players will be in a totally different place mentally when they play City, because they know how important it is that they perform. They know the levels that they've got to reach. And against Genk, whatever the manager says, whatever anyone said to them, when they get out there, deep down in the back of the mind, they know it's all about the weekend. So they were always going to. So it was always going to be hard to see some kind of like you know brilliant display. And I think you saw something similar last night from City. You know they didn't sustain their performance across 90 minutes against Atalanta. Um, obviously they, they they had that madness around <laughs> the goalies and stuff yeah. as well uh, to contend with. And it was the same there, you know, again, they they didn't put in a convincing performance across the 90, but equally, it didn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, they're going to get out of the group. Same applies to us now in that, you know, if we can sort out beating Napoli at home, which I think we will do, then it's done. And, you know, we don't have to worry too much then about about Salzburg away, we can just all go and enjoy Christmas markets or whatever, (laughs) so... It's, um, and that's the way you want it. And I, I just think, you know, you've got to manage it, and Klopp is managing it, so that your team sparks at the right time sometimes. And it didn't matter that we didn't spark yeah, against absolutely. Genk. We just had to yeah, win it. it. And we got it done. We've moved on. 
you know, we got our three points, happy days. Now it's all it's it's all about how we perform on Sunday and, and being at the peak of your powers. Yeah. It's a good point, that Robbo. Um, I think a lot of people forget, um, especially when you log on to Liverpool Twitter. You know, there's <laughs> there's loads of people that will moan if we're not banging four or five past Genk. Yeah, yeah. But the you know you've got to remember like who's on the pitch, the type of team that's playing. Those eleven players haven't played every week together, you know, and yeah, people play in different positions as well. Yeah, yeah so. we've, we've got a good enough squad to to beat the likes of Genk, albeit yeah, okay, we didn't win by four or five, but so what? Three yeah. points today, we're top exactly. of the group. Does it worry you, Robbo, in terms of um, us not being able to keep a clean sheet for a while? I think I read a stat today that the last time the last team to not score at Anfield were Wolves, and that was back in May. Does it worry you that we seem to? letting in quite a lot of not a lot of goals but we seem to be at least letting in one pretty much all the time <laughs> yeah yeah but i mean we haven't been as imperious at the back obviously we only conceded 22 in the whole of last season in the premier league and i think it's nine already and we're at you know a fairly early stage but i wouldn't say it concerns me yeah. too much because i think you've got to look into the the circumstances around it so you know you think back to the the opening day when we're playing norwich and then the you know the goalkeeper's injured Adrian's coming onto the pitch and you're like well this is bad and this isn't what we wanted and oh shit what's going to happen here and I think you know had that been Mignolet walking (laughs) towards the cop giving us a little crappy word of all being like oh shit where are we going now but you know absolutely fair play to Adrian you know he comes in performs brilliantly even gets the other side of some you know quite high profile mistakes as well so you know that shows that again they've recruited well in terms of mentally as well as physically um, and yeah, you know, then you've got the form, obviously, of Joe Gomez, fitness and form, hasn't been quite right with him. Um, not too long back, we were talking about, and, and everyone was talking about, you know, all the, the defenders who work as pundits were saying, you know, this lad's got the potential to be England's best centre-half and a regular for Liverpool and for England. You know, he's dropped off a little bit, but it doesn't concern me. He's 22 years old. He's a clear talent. And right now he, he he is going through a little bit of a dip. And Klopp talked about him not having rhythm, and I think you've seen that. You know he's been up and down in terms of his performances. But think back to when you know him and Van Dijk were absolutely brilliant, and it, you know a team that they were getting on together as mates as well as partners at the at, at the centre of the defence. And then obviously them Matip came through, and it, and he emerged. You know some fantastic form from Matip as well. He's been injured, and has ended up now that. You know, Lovren centre half when he's likely to start on Sunday, and so when you've got this chopping and changing yeah. going on with the goalkeepers, with the centre half, it's like what I said before that I think teams are at the best when there's an understanding there, and that that goes back, you know, to way back when. That's always been a thing. You know, you think about, you know, I don't know how old everyone is who's listening or even who, who, who you know else is on this call, if you like, but. You know, you think back to like Keegan and Toshak and they were doing stuff like where they were sitting back to back and trying to guess what the other one was thinking and all this kind of stuff because people said it was almost like it was telepathic between the two. It yeah. was so great, their understanding. But that's just playing together, training together, working together. And when, you know, we dropped, we parachuted a keeper from like nowhere in Spain about to sign a deal out, you know, in Spain into the Liverpool first team. And he did fantastically. Yeah. And if we sh- if we conceded some goals along the way, well, it's it's pretty understandable, really. You know, it's a new it's a new man that you're working with. You don't know when he's going to come, when he's going to stay. What, you know, where he wants the ball, left, right. 
you know, what he prefers, all that kind of, you know, I think if you remember that Southampton clock was absolutely getting stuck into them saying, here's a fella carrying an injury and you keep passing back to him, like, you know, what, what what's that about? The following game, they didn't do it so much, but then a, a couple of games on, they were doing it again and that was because they trusted them yeah. and, and they knew how good he was. So I, I actually w- would argue the other way, rather than it being this huge problem, I would say that Liverpool have done brilliantly to keep on winning through the adversity of those problems at the back. Um, and I think, you know, late as the season goes on, when we get Matip back, when we've got a settle back four, when Alisson's back at his very best as well, you know, the clean sheets will come. But, you know, clean sheets are a bonus. Ultimately, you've got to win the exactly, yeah. You've got to win the match. You've got to get the three points. And apart from Old Trafford, Liverpool have done that in the league. So... I think it's sort of it's a it's a bit nitpicky for me. I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. I get it. Obviously, I would love clean sheets. I would love the idea that it's virtually impossible to score against Liverpool. But I think the other thing as well is that you know Klopp looks like he really really wants to win every game now, and I think maybe that's that's a part to it as well. Because what I mean by that as well is you know there's been circumstances in the past where you just think oh. Well, maybe a draw is okay. We were saying this at Villa Park on Saturday. You know, we get yeah, the yeah. one, and I'm turning to my mate, and I'm saying, do we, do, you know, yeah. do we take the, do we take yeah. the draw? Yeah. Is that okay? And he's like, we can't afford yeah. the draw. And I'm like, no, you're right. And, you know, draws cost us last yeah. season. We only lost one game. But you can say those draws cost us and w- with good yeah. arguments. So I think this season, Klopp knows that, and you've seen him going for it more. You saw it at Sheffield United. You know, he changes the formation. He, bring, he brings a Rigi on. He was absolutely desperate to win that game. You know, he didn't want to. You didn't want to draw away to Sheffield United. He wanted yeah. three points, and yeah, you can say it was fortunate. I would say we put we, we ramped the pressure upon them. We caused problems, and ultimately we we got what we deserved. So I'm not too concerned about it to be honest. Obviously, I'd love them to be running the tightest of ships on Sunday because obviously we're, we're facing some supreme attacking talent in in the shape of Manchester City. But honestly, I, I don't see it as being a great problem when you've got Fabinho in great form. I think, like I say, Alisson will get better and better as he starts to get more match fit, match sharp. I think for keepers, it's hard to be out the team and, and back in and be expected to be making world-class class saves every minute. You need to be playing regularly to properly switch on. And he'll get there. He'll be fine. And we'll be fine. Yeah, I totally agree. I just, I just seen, I seen the stat today, and I just thought, I see what, see what you made of it. Obviously, like you said, we've had loads of change, changes, changes. Yeah, yeah. Change I read the piece of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So anybody, uh, any people out there want to question our defensive capabilities, Rob? I'll just give the biggest fuck off tablet. <laughs> there you go. Listen, I'm, I'm listen, listen that to that segment. And I'm putting it out there. Just that segment. <laughs> I'm just snipping it. In fact, that can be the podcast. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. There. Anyway, uh, you touched on uh, obviously Gomez there, Robbo. Uh, in terms yeah. of Sunday, uh, obviously Lovren's probably favourite to start. Would you, if you were picking a team, would you would you pick Lovren over Gomez at the moment? In terms of, I don't think, I don't know if Joe, Joe Gomez is at is most confident at the moment. He seems to be a bit lacking in that department. Uh, would you would yeah. you start Lovren over over Gomez for Sunday? I think if you were both sort of fit and ready and, and playing at the best, then you know it's Gomez, isn't it? I don't think there's. There's too much argument over that, but I don't think that's the case currently. So, with that in mind, I think it's a hundred percent love and and I think you know what what goes amiss around the talk around Dejan is that you know the manager's clearly a big yeah. fan of him. You know, no, not all Liverpool fans are, and I'm among them at yeah. times. And I do think he's got a, you know, he's got that 
that brain fart yeah. him, really, where you know he, he's played well for eighty or eighty-five, and then all of a sudden he make, he just makes the wrong decision. Yeah, and you you can't understand why you don't under, you know why why you're trying to take on a forward or why you're trying to shepherd something out when you can just boom it into yeah. the stands, get everyone back in position, and not take any risks. He, he does seem to have that in him, and for that reason, you know, I I like I think he's another one. He he's gone after this yeah. season. You know, they nearly let him go anyway, and they were encouraging bids of around, I think it was 20-odd million. Um, in the end, you know, they decided that he had to stay, and I think it was a little bit against his will as well. I think he was sort of looking yeah. to go. Um, but, you know, he's, a, he's another one where, you know, as much as, as much as he's maligned, I think you've got to sort of give him some credit in that. You know, he's kept himself fit. I think he's done all right as well since he's been in the side recently. Yeah. You know, one or two blips, as I say, which is sort of half of the course for Lovren um, but we just have to hope that those blips aren't going to happen on Sunday I think he 100% plays yeah. I think after Lovren, uh, sorry after Gomez playing in the week it then you know that for me straight away said well that's what's going to happen I mean some people were saying well maybe Gomez is getting his eye in there and now he plays Sunday but I can't see no. it I think, uh, I think it's 100% good definitely I, got, I, I was late getting in the ground against Genk and then obviously saw the team and you know, Gomez is playing. Like, yeah, absolutely, it's going to be Lovren now on Sunday. I think the worry for a lot of people is obviously the the sort of slight mistake he makes at the Etihad last season against against Aguero. I think that's a, a, what people yeah. are in. But I'm I'm definitely on the offensive having on the side of the offensive having Lovren in the squad because you look at fourth choice centre backs, which he essentially is now. He's yeah. one of the he's yeah. one of the best. You know, he'll he'll walk into a lot of sides as first choice. But yeah, I wrote a piece um, in the summer about the reasons why to keep Lovren and having him. In the squad, he's he's very very capable. And Rob Robbo's just hit the nail on the head. He's he's very very capable of of working alongside Van Dyke because the run up to Kiev, he was he was brilliant alongside Van Dyke. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and we, you think about as well, like some of the mad options that that Klopp's had to turn yeah. at times as well in the past. So you know, obviously, Fabinho played centre half. Um, you know, you had Donaldson. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing it, playing yeah. at the back, and, and so you know. You're right to say that it was good. It was good to keep him around, um, maligned or not, mistakes or not. You know, he he can be more often than not a decent defender. He's just got he's just got that little thing in him which which worries you as a fan. But that I think that's part and parcel of watching him for so long as well. Like if Lovren had only just signed for us, you know, you'd probably be broadly yeah. happy with him. And 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 the, the little mistakes that you know, and I'm guilty of this as anyone that you end up highlighting and you're saying, see, that's Lovren, that, and it's like, it, it's confirmation bias. It, 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 that's it's it. Because you've seen those mistakes yeah. over a long period of time. And so you add them together because, you know, I think our brains are sort of naturally negative. Yeah. And so, you you know, rather than looking at the 85 minutes that he's played well, you're like, well, what what, what was he up to there? And, that, and like I say, I'm guilty of that myself. I've done that before and people have pointed that out to me and I, I think they're right to. Um, I mean, because, you know, it, it's like Van Dyke. You know, we all love Van Dyke. We love we love his, you know, the tower and strength, the leader, the great defender, and all that. He's made mistakes yeah. this season, but no one talks exactly. about him because it's like, you know, he, he's so yeah. much in credit yeah. that it seems you're being picky. Yeah. Lovren's in his overdraft. You know, as you say, because we've played City in the past and Lovren's cocked up in a match against City, then that's, that's in it, your yeah. head. And you're I've almost thinking it, yeah. about it and you're like, and he might do that again, but he might not. 
he might be sound, he might be 9 out of 10, he might be the star man, he might pop up with the winner, he might do what he did against Dortmund. You know, who knows? But, it, it, you know, that's the, that's the beauty of the human mind <laughs> yeah, and all that. Anyway, enough about our day, Anne. He's, he's definitely going to start. He's definitely <laughs> yeah, going to exactly, start on yeah. Sunday. Let's just, <laughs> let's, just, let's just confirm that. Um, in terms of uh, the midfield, Robert, what do, you, what do you think about... I've seen a few pieces floating around. Does, does Ox deserve yeah, a start versus City? Start I, just, I, um, I just wonder what you thought. It, obviously, the Klopp usually goes as is usually tru- is trusty through Fabinho, Fabinho, Hendo and Genie, which for me mm. is, pr- is pretty much nailed on. I don't, yeah. I don't imagine he'll probably start Ox, but what, what, what do you make on the matter? Yeah, it'd be bold, yeah. wouldn't it? Yeah. If he did, um, I think it's interesting from both managers. Really, I think you know the the game we had against them last season at Anfield. It was really cagey, and you know City was sort of trying to take the sting out of it early and knocking it round at the back, and you know had defenders almost on their own goal line, receiving it off the goalie and knocking it round and trying to you know quieten the crowd and all that kind of thing. And obviously Mahrez uh, missed the penalty in the end and that was a golden chance for them to break the hoodoo that they've got at Anfield. But nil-nil to me in that game, it, it kind of felt a little bit like everyone was shaking hands on it a little bit and going, yeah. you know, that's all right. Like Neither manager really wanted to sort of go for it. And it's interesting, I think, this one because, as I said before, you know, nine points clear for Liverpool will be absolutely huge, even if it is November it would ramp, ramp up the, the pressure on them hugely. Yeah. You know, we've got this international break as well, so there's like a big line in the Samway, Liverpool on nine points clear at the top of the Premier League. How good would that be? So I think that's got to be in Liverpool's minds. You know, it, it's a golden opportunity. We're at home, we're brilliant at home. We've got that great record at home, great record against City at home as yeah. well. You know, there, we, we talked before about our defence. What about their defence? You know, my, minus Laporte. It's looked all over yeah. the show. And, you know, if, if Otamendi starts on Sunday, I doubt he will, but if he does, you don't know. No one can quite predict how, it's, how he's going to pick his team. But if Otamendi starts, I'm, I'm going to go back down to the bar and get and get another <laughs> pint to celebrate because that fella, he's, he's, he's all over the show. Shy, he's you shy, get a chance he? against him. You know, we, if we think Dejan Buffon <laughs> can be rash at times or have a, man, a, a brain fart or whatever. He has the, he's got the shit. <laughs> Absolutely, mate. He is. He's all over the show, him. So, and, and Fernandinho, if you drop him into defence, you're losing exactly, him further yeah. forward. And, he, you know, he, he's been brilliant at times further yeah. forward for, against us as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting one on Ox where he goes with it. I mean, he obviously impressed in the week and he, he's banging the goals in, he's knocking on the door. I wonder whether maybe he's, he's, he's a sub, though, still. Yeah. Um, I wonder whether he, he just has a look at how the game goes. He has a look at what Guardiola's up to. Like, is he coming and taking a draw? Is he is he conservative again? Or is he coming balls out and saying, no, we need to reduce this deficit, we need to get yeah. stuck into them, we need to be us, we need to put our stamp on the game? So maybe, I don't know, it's, it's, it's up to clap. I think it'd be really bold to throw Oxlade-Chamberlain in, um, bearing in mind sort of where he still is on his recovery and things like that. But, you know, he was good in the week, albeit it was against mm-hmm. Genk. But I think, you know, the finishes that he provides, the fact that he puts you on the front foot so early, yeah. you know, he, he spots those forward passes, yeah. doesn't he? He's not afraid to get a shot off as well. And maybe Klopp looks at it and says, we want a fast start, we want to get the crowd up, we want to try and have one of those spells like we did a few years ago against City yeah. where in 10 minutes we've done them, you know, we just blew them away and they don't know what happened to them. 
if you if that's your game plan, if that's the pl- if that's what they want to go for, then I think you do put Ox on yeah. there. But equally, although I don't think he's been in the greatest of form, I think Henderson, when you're asking him to roam forward, he's not as good as as Oxley Chamberlain. That don't get me wrong, but he yeah. can do it. You know what I mean? He can carry yeah. the ball, and you know he, he, he's capable of sort of rallying people and getting them going and you know you've got to remember that he did literally go and knock on the manager's door and say you know I like Jürgen I'm, I'm fed up with this defensive shit any chance of uh, allowing me to play a little bit for, further forward now so I, I think I think people like obsess a little bit over you know who the midfield three is at times yeah, and I definitely. really hate that expression that keeps coming up on on Twitter, or, or I know you'd say that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, that 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 just needs to get right in there. Yeah. You know, we're we're watching one of the best Liverpool sides that of, of all time in the club's history. Yeah. We're watching the European Cup winners. You know, it shouldn't be referring to any Liverpool lineup with that terminology. <laughs> it's just I bullshit. I hate it. But you know, that that's the internet and that's Twitter for you. Yeah. I guess. But yeah, it would be interesting around Oxford. You know, the, the, as I say. Does he start him and then take him off after an hour and and close ranks? Hopefully, with us being sort of two two up, that'd be nice. Um, or does he go the other way around and it's a little bit cagey at first and then we go for it later on? Um, remains to be seen. I think it's interesting, you know, speaking to City fans this week for like various bits of content uh, that we've been doing with the Anfield Rap. You know, they're not they they're not speaking confident confidently about their own yeah. side. And one lad, one lad that we did some um, stuff, uh, Premier League, the Premier League show or whatever it's called, um, in the week, he, he came out with a really, a, a really interesting line that's been in my head ever since. And he, he said, I, he said I look at Liverpool now, and he said I think they look a year more experienced. He said, you know, there's loads of nows, the managing games, the getting the, the getting the victories. Yeah. He said I look at City, and he said, and I think we look a year older. Yeah. And, and not in yeah. a good yeah, way. Absolutely, you know yeah. I mean? So, like you know, s- some of the players are, are, are a little bit older. Obviously, Silver's probably injured. Over well, yeah, exactly. There's no, there's no company yeah. anymore. There's... You know, but you know, and, and company's gone, and Laporte injured, etc., etc. And, and so, it was interesting that because you know, City fans rightly, I think, in the past have been quite cocky about the chances because they're watching. By and large, a brilliant side, and you know, De Bruyne and stuff like that can kill you. Sterling, if he actually turned up at Anfield <laughs> in a opposition yeah. kit and had a game, you know, he can be brilliant yeah. as well. But they, they're not sounding very confident to me, and I thought that was interesting because you know the views of fans are always interesting because they're the ones who are watching these teams in week yeah. in week out, home and away. Whereas some of the journalists. I know some of them, you know, are club specific. Others aren't. Though are they? You know, they, they just get sent to the biggest match yeah. every week. And I always think, well, if you you can't possibly be on top of it no. almost as much as we are, yeah. if you like it, in that we obsess about our team. So that's why I always think it's nice to hear what the perspective of a opposition fan is. And my perspective on their perspective that I've heard this week is that they're they're really really worried about this game. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, music, that's music to our ears, isn't it? Really, it is, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, it's one of those those times where we, you know, would you go into a bookies now and would they class City as the underdogs? I think a lot of them probably will. Yeah, especially at Anfield. Yeah, like. absolutely. That 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 who do's up, you know, 
overshadowing them at the minute. Like Rabo said, the the stuff they're going through at the minute from a, an injury perspective, whether all these injuries are real or not, you know, I'll just bring I'll just bring Edison off just for the sake of it <laughs> midweek just to wind yeah, Liverpool yeah. up. Yeah. But we wait and see. Anyway, Robo, if we if we'll talk about you for the last last couple of minutes, if you if you don't mind, and just about about yeah, uh, we've got a question from Ross, which basically kind of links in uh, talking about the the growth of fan media and or fan driven content, and what are the changes yeah. you've seen you've seen over the last eight years, and if will it do you think it'll get bigger? Obviously, he's he's interested in that as you were someone who started fanzines and just wanted to see your perspective on the matter. Yeah, I mean, I, I've been going the the match order since 1990, and I was I was I was interested in, in it for a long time before then. But you know, I never had anyone to go with get the violins out. But my <laughs> my my our fella isn't really into football, which I know is mad for someone growing up on Merseyside. But you know, I, that, that's my dad <laughs> for you. Um, and so you know, and for a long time because my dad didn't go, and, and therefore you know, he had the wrong views about football. Almost if you like, he was like, you know, you don't want to be going there. It's a bit mad, hooligans, etc., etc. It meant I didn't go. So I didn't go till quite late, but I was always interested, and I was always interested in fan culture, and I was always interested in magazines, always wanted to be a journalist anyway. And so I made, I made a fanzine myself even in school. It's called Any Spares, which is really cool. <laughs> uh, you know, Where did the name come from, Robbo? Just, just for like Any Spare tickets and stuff like that. Brilliant. Yeah, Absolutely yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Any spares, any spares, lads, and I just, I just called it that and, wow, and wrote, wrote a few things and submitted it for an English project. Still got it somewhere. But through the wind and the rain was always what, what I grew up on. Um, I used to buy that for you know religiously. I've got, I've got loads of them still kicking around in the Anfield rap office. They keep telling me to throw them away, no. and I'm like, no, no, it's content. This. <laughs> I don't know what it's content for, but I keep saying it is. But, yeah, but it, it's always been a thing for me. It's like what I just mentioned before about, you know, sort of the fans' perspective on a game is always going to be different from a journalist's perspective because, you know, being in the stands is so different for be, from being in the yeah. press box. And I've been in both. And, you know, it's a different world. It's a different way of looking at the match. There's different pressures. You know, you talk about it differently. I think when you're a journalist, you're looking for a line, you're looking for a story, you're looking for a problem, you're looking for a conflict. Um, and you're not when you're a fan. Obviously, you, you know you want your team to win. You want to you want to see good football. You know you have the rivalry aspect and stuff like that. You have things like ticketing problems. You have the debate about safe stand. You know, so there's there's always issues policing. You know, there's always issues around that aren't really sort of discussed as much by the mainstream media. So for me, there's always been a place for fan media, and there always will be. I think it will shift in terms of what it is and it has already so obviously once upon a time there were like four or five Liverpool fanzines and there's only there's only one yeah. going as far as I'm aware at the moment um, and that tells its own story meanwhile you know there's there's more and more podcasts now there's more and more websites there's more and more people having a crack at video and it's just, that's just about the way we're consuming media in general now I've seen yesterday and you know it's a little bit sad to be honest but I've always bought when Saturday comes because, you know, I'm like, I'm a 43-year-old fella, so I've been kicking round since the 80s. I've got, so I, yeah, yeah, I've got a few copies of that. I remember it. I've got a few copies of that. You know, it's still a good read, but they put something up the other day saying, you know, they're struggling to make ends meet around just selling print magazines because of of those changes that I just talked about. And now they're looking at a podcast, they're looking for people to, you know, put money in and support, that kind of thing. 
hopefully people do because you know I, I think it's it's been a mainstay of of fan media, but it'll definitely keep on developing. I think what's interesting is how clubs and the Premier League sort of you know continue to protect their own interests really to an extent. And what I mean by that is, you know, for instance, I mentioned before that I've worked in mainstream media, and like you know when I did that. I could get a press pass and I could get in the press box and I could report on the football. But as soon as now, you know, now I'm I'm helping to run the Anfield Rap and I'm, you know, one of the founder members of the Anfield Rap. You know, you can count on a couple of hands the times we've been in press conferences. People people talk about, you know, we sometimes get mad tweets saying, you know, you don't want to say X or Y because you don't want to spoil your access. Yeah, I've seen that. What access? Yeah, yeah. We're paying for our yeah, tickets. Exactly. We're going in the car. We're going in the stands. We're going away from home. We haven't got yeah. access. The only times we do get a little bit is, is pre-season. pre-season and stuff like that, and going abroad. You know, if you go all the way to Hong Kong, which we did do, then it's kind of like, well, we've come this far, any yeah. chance? And I think sort of, you know, Premier League and the club at times there will be like, well, okay, and we're not sort of as strictly governed as we are by the, but you know, the data co rules. There'll probably be lots of people listening who don't even know what they are, but if you if if you're a publication or a website or any kind of media and you only cover one club, so obviously that is the case for the Anfield app, then Dataco, which is the Premier League's way of managing access to games, they say, Okay, well you don't qualify them. And so you know, that the thing I mentioned in Hong Kong was a Premier League competition and we got the we did get some access, we went to the press conferences, etc when we were out there, as soon as we got back, reverted to the normal yeah. rules, can we go to the press conferences? No, you can't, mm. see you later. And they close, they close the doors again. And obviously a lot of that will be down to, they've got their own media, the clubs have got their own websites, they've got their own subscription you know, yeah. channels and things like that. So I, I think that will always be there, but I, I don't think it matters too much. I think you know the, the sort of view from the stands is different anyway, as I said, and there'll, there'll always be a value yeah. to that. And yeah, I think I think fan media will, will just keep on keeping on and keep on evolving, and that's what we're trying to do with the Anfield rap as well. I mean, you mentioned I had a fanzine, Well Red, which is going going back a few years now. But my reason for starting that was because Hicks and Gillette were an absolute disgrace, uh, yeah. and I wanted to help get the story yeah, out there superb. and get people behind it because I don't think at the time everyone who went to the match or everyone who you know said that they supported Liverpool truly understood what was going on behind the scenes so that was like you know one way to help to get the message out and I enjoyed putting it together but you know there's no way I could do it now it, w- it wouldn't make sense financially yeah. to do it because there just isn't the interest in there I mean I sort of floated the idea of doing a European Cup winning special edition and I looked into that but quite a few people said they would have been interested but you know in terms of the work it would have involved in terms of the money it would have involved you know, it was really, really difficult to make it work. You know, thankfully, the Anfield app has worked. We've been going for eight years. And as I say, that continues to evolve. So once upon a time, it was, you know, one podcast yeah. a week as all gathered in a studio on a Monday, which we, you know, we paid to hire that studio back then. Yeah, absolutely. And we've managed to turn it all the way around to, you know, having a radio show, to having a subscription service, to having an office and a studio and, a, and an ever-growing staff. And it's brilliant, you know. You know what? We're, we're really proud of where we've got to. We're proud that we've been able to give, you know, local people jobs. We, we, we've brought people through. We've had an apprentice and brought him through and things like that. All stuff like that's absolutely brilliant. And you know, 
it's continuing to go strength from strength. You know, the same with the red men as well. Um, I'm, I'm, and, and there's, re- you know, as far as I'm concerned, there's room for everyone. There's no rules rules anymore. Anyone can, you know, it, it, it's fairly easy to go and do a podcast. Everyone always says yeah. that. Making it good That's is it. the problem. Making it, you know, providing quality content week after week or day after day in, in the instance of the answer that. That's where your challenge is. Yeah. And that's where, you know, and that's where I would say, you know, we're one of the best because, like, you know, like I say, people will, it's like the Dragon's Den thing. You know, you go, go into Dragon's Den and you say what your idea is. And one of the dragons will always say, well, could people copy this? And if you said that about the Anfield app, well, yeah, yeah, they can copy it, go on. But, like, you need to have then um, about 90-odd contributors, yeah. which is what we're at. Um, you need to have a studio in, in the city centre. You need to be at every Liverpool game home and away. You need to work out how you're doing videos, podcasts. Are you getting different writing on the website every day? So yeah, you can copy it, but all the best. Correct, yeah. like, <laughs> you know, we we put we put all those years of work into it. So you know, we're, we're long established now, and we're in a nice place. And people continue to come to us and say, you know, can we? Can I get involved? So like. You know the voices on the on on the rap continue to evolve yeah. as well, which I think is a good thing. I mean, one of my worries is that I've mentioned my age a couple of times already in this chat, <laughs> and it's like, well, uh, to what age do people still want to listen to me? Like, if I'm sick, you know, if I'm this sixty-year-old fella still banging on about John Barnes, <laughs> it, will, 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 will that be relevant? Oh, will to me, mate. I guess we'll Talk about Barnes all you want. <laughs> um, but I, I do think you're, you're absolutely spot on, Rob. I think the the growth that the Anfield rap has had, and you know, I've been a subscriber to you for years, and I've you know, I, I use the app regularly, and I think the app is you know, it, it's new, and it's again, it, it, it's evolving uh, your your publication to, to to the next level, like we've discussed then in the in the question, and the the app is fantastic. You know, you've you've got the video on there now, which you really? now. Um, jumping into and like you know I, I, I do like uh, the post-match pint video where it's just uh, the first line all right the Reds were boiling piss again you know I, I want to hear that every <laughs> single week mate I think it's I think it's boss um but you know you touched on before about uh, people's sort of opinions and stuff like that can you do it I think one of the great things about the Anfield rap is it has sort of brought everybody together locally I mean you know it is you know the story I like to tell with, with regards to the Anfield rap is I got a ticket for Kiev and um you know there was I, I couldn't go because obviously I'd, I'd just my wife had just had a baby so getting that money together she was sort of like giving me daggers you're not going I was like, but I've got a ticket she yeah you're not going right okay what do I do right um, queuing up for the, for the ticket and I hear people in the queue saying yeah I'm going to get the ticket I'm going to put it on eBay for a couple of grand and I was just absolutely raging I thought I know damn well what I'm yeah, doing a Liverpool fan's going to have it for you know for face value yeah. and Dan Morgan um, obviously works works with you and you know I met Dan and we were talking about the rap for a good couple of hours, and you know, it was it was mint, and it's stuff like that where the Anfield rap brings a lot of people together from all walks of life, and you know, it's it's chatting to Dan, it's it has added a bit of an influence on myself, and you know, f- uh, from from me as well, uh, I've met a couple of uh, the guys from the Anfield rap before through my through my work at Apple um, a few years back, so. Um, yeah, so whenever you rang the business team, it was always me you were chatting to, which is quite funny. <laughs> so um, that's what I mean, mate. It's just it, it's down to you boys what you guys have done to allow me and Mick to sit here today. So it's you know as a thank you to to that as well. So we we appreciate that as well. Nice one, mate. I appreciate it. I mean, we, we get we get we get nice things like that. You know, like we get people sending us messages and we get people you know talking to us after match and it, and it's always nice and it, it's always like 
you know, even now after doing it for this long, you know, it's, it's always like a little bit of a surprise. I thought I still have that thing where I know they've got a name for it now. They call it imposter syndrome, <laughs> don't they? But it's like I, I still do have that thing where I'm like, well, you know, who wants to listen to me banging on, or who wants to read stuff that I I, I knock out? But you know, thankfully, I am in the in the privileged position now of you know I've made it into a living after after grafting yeah. away. But you know, back to the well-read days and things like that and the idea that anyone can have a go well they can but you know in those early days it was staying up till three and four in the morning and then still going to work and things yeah. like that you know it wasn't all a bed of roses and we've made you know i think we've made mistakes with it as well at times i think we you know everyone involved with older hands up around that i mean once upon a time we invested a lot of time and money into a into a digital magazine and it looked fantastic and it was great and we were really proud of it and Ian Maloney, who's, you know, he owns uh, Love, Follow, Conquer and does the T-shirts there, which are well worth checking out, some great stuff. You know, he, he made that magazine look fantastic. And, you know, that was that was one of the things I'm talking about that I was editing until all hours <laughs> at night and things like that. Loads of great pieces in there. And it went out and it was doing well in the ch- in the charts and all that. And we kind of thought, well, people will come on board. You'll see this. And it's got video in it. It's got audio in it. And it's, it's taken fanzine fanzines culture to another level to the digital level and all that kind of thing but we could just never attract sort of sponsors or adverts or anything like that to, to sort of make it pay so ultimately it became you know a, a bit of a burden around our neck and we had to we had to say okay stop the magazine head in another direction now and you know there was there was still times where we were like we didn't know when to you know when neil come up with the concept of tour player and having subscription shows and still having the free ones there. So, because we always said there would be yeah. free shows, and we're sticking to that. There always will be some free shows for people who don't want to pay for content. Fully understand that everyone's got their own personal circumstances. But when we did do it, and we're like, okay, all these shows now, you know, from March 2015 or whatever it was, I think it was then. You know, we it would be a subscription, and we were just like, you know, I can remember when we pressed go on it, and we were like, is anyone going to come on board? Or are we just going to get a load of <laughs> and, and you know, load of people saying, "Who yeah. are you? And why do you think you can charge yeah. content?" We did get that, and we still do get that, of course. And that's part of the course on the internet. But what was lovely was loads of people came with us from day one, and they were people that had listened from day one when we started out with the first podcast all around the table in Park Street Studios way back in 2011. Yeah. And, and there's people who've been with us like every single step of that of that journey, and the, and you know you're you just given another story there which I didn't know but was brilliant. I did know that Dan Morgan got sorted out by a subscriber. I did that before, but I didn't yeah. know it was you. But you know, there's loads of great stories like that. I mean, you know, we couldn't have done it without without all the people who have supported us and continue to support us, and even like live shows. I mean, I, I can remember the very first one. It was in Bray. It was in Ireland, and we were a bit like. Is this gonna yeah. work? Like, what of are course. we doing? Yeah. Like, what? Like, we're, we're just a group of lads who, lads and girls these days as well. <laughs> of we're just a group of lads, but we're just a group of lads talking about footy. Like, why would people come to see yeah. that? But they did, and then and then now that you know the live shows are a thing as well. You know, we don't do them all the time because you don't you don't want to overkill. But we've took that all around the world. We go on the pre-season tours when Liverpool go. We follow them and we tend to do something in the cities and people come and again it's absolutely brilliant and you know the last one I went on I, I didn't go the summer just gone but I went on the summer before and obviously you know 
is the brilliant work that the food banks absolutely have done. yeah and yeah. that's very sort of obviously local and specific to Anfield to Liverpool to North Liverpool but what's brilliant about it is that people come from the outside every week outside of Merseyside outside even outside of the country and contribute and and, and say yeah I get it I, I want to be a part of that and when we took it to America you know we we had Lalana gave us a share of course said, yeah know, raffle yeah. it off raffle it off and raise some money for a decent charity Klopp did the same with the cat. And we managed to raise a load of money through that for, for food banks. But, it, you know, the, it was it was American Reds throwing in. I mean, yeah, they wanted to win yeah. the year, but also as well, you know, they, they were more, they were discussing the food banks. They were discussing that it was a disgrace that we got to that situation that people couldn't afford to put food on the table. And stuff like that is absolutely brilliant. It, you know, it, it's a lovely byproduct of, of, of what we've created with the answer yeah, to that. Yeah, 100%, mate. I agree, perfectly. Yeah, um, but I think we've pretty much hit the hit the end of the show here. We're near an hour here. Paul Rob wasn't happy to yet. I'd like to thank you for coming on, Rob. It's been it's been a pleasure. Yeah, been an absolute pleasure. Well, mate. Really appreciate it. And I will be back with Jay next week to put another one out for you. So we'll see, see you in a bit, guys. Podcast Network.